Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast. Join us today as we share our personal Top 5 list for a variety of random topics. Each episode, we will explore a new topic and discuss our favorite picks, ranging from music, movies, food, travel destination, board games, brassiers, roller coasters, whatever. <laughs> Nothing's off limits. Everyone's wrong, even when we think we are right. I am your host today, Eric Shane, of course, and I am joined today, as always, with Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Zachary Rancourt, how are you today, bud? Not too bad. Uh, it's a little colder here, which is frustrating, and I know it's a lot to ask in the fucking summertime. But uh, yeah, the weather's been pretty pretty ass lately, and I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. So it'll be, it, you know, got, it, it's fine. It is. I've got my, it is. my my full lumber sexual aesthetic going on here with my <clears> plaid <throat> shirt and my beanie, and absolutely, yeah. you know who's got real full lumber sexual uh, lust? There is Mister Tom Lockhart. Yeah, he does. How you doing, Tom? Uh, I am good. I am all about being a sexy lumberjack, uh, but I, I love that it's cold out. Oh, it feels so good. I'm actually, I'm sweating right now because I had to turn off the fan in my office just so it doesn't come over the, the, the microphone. So I'm actually really, really warm and I'm wearing shorts right now. Like, okay. Fair I need to open a window, get something going on in here. Ugh. Well, speaking of getting something going on in here, we have a special guest today. We are joined by Mr. David Dassaw. And David I gotta ask Dassau. what 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 is even Seattle if it's cold in the middle of summer summer? I I have to know. What is going on? Seattle it's, summers are great, man, notoriously. Yes. And it's been good weather for the most part in May and June. It's been like mid seventies to upper eighties. And to like in two days, it's going to be 80 degrees here. But right now it's like 62 and cloudy and it's mm. cold as shit and annoying. Yeah, and right. It was cooking. It was cooking last week and the week before that. And it was doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are affected by El Nino and La Nina like really mm. well because we're here on the West Coast. So I got you. La Nina, we get kind of longer winters and shorter summers. But now it's El Nino. So, it's, hey, it's going to be a nice hot summer. We're just, you know. <clears throat> And that reminds me, I need to go roll my car windows up because it's supposed to rain any second. So you guys continue. (laughs) You go (laughs) right ahead and do that. We'll get to you in a minute. Yeah, you better run. So we're just going to dip right into this. So speaking of summer, (laughs) how about that for segues? (laughs) The summer summer blockbuster is the staple of the film industry. It's where they make their money. Summer is the best time of the year to draw huge crowds of moviegoers and just rake in all that green, baby. These are the popcorn flicks. These are the ones packed with action with the big, gigantic special effects budgets with the A-list stars. These are the films that when we see the trailer, we get jacked up about them. We have to go see them. So today we are discussing our top five summer blockbusters. And to enhance the discussion, we did not share a list with each other. And we are by no means experts in this or any other category. We're just a few dudes who like to shout out about nonsense and loud noises. So, Tom, what is your number one, bud? Uh, my first one tests the limits of how far you guys are willing to call summer. Because um, this was released on May 15th in 2015. I'll and take it. May. F- I'll accept May. Close enough. My favorite action movie, Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh, Mad Thomas. Mad Max Fury Road is the best chase movie ever because are there any other chase movies like that's just a chase for 90 percent of the movies this, i don't, that's I don't think so that's, <laughs> that's like it. that that's the movie it's mm. it's such a good movie i've watched it at least 10 to 15 times 
and it's good every time. There was actually a movie that I left off my list because I rewind or I not I fast forward through a lot of it to get to the parts I want to watch. I, I think it's going to come up on this list, probably on Zach's list. And I'll talk about that when it happens, but I, I don't already fast, know what it is. <laughs> I don't fast forward through a second of Mad Max Fury Road. It is balls to the wall. Awesome. The entire time. I love all the Mad Max movies. Uh, the, I actually like Thunderdome is like my second favorite one. Wow. That's a, I, a I love take, Thunderdome. Uh, but uh, it made $419.9 million in its worldwide gross. It was yeah, a juggernaut. Man. Everyone loved it. I saw it three times in, in the theaters, uh, and I don't see movies in the theater a lot, like multiple times. I think there's only about four or five of them that I've seen multiple times. And I went to this when people kept being like, you know what? I'm going to go see Mad Max. And I was like, I'm going with you. I've already seen it <laughs> once, but let's do this again. I can't wait to look over at you and just be like, yeah, you see that explosion. That was crazy. <laughs> I think what's really important about Mad Max, cause I had it on my list, but I took it off for a couple of reasons. Um, the reason I love Mad Max so much is because I was so surprised when I saw it. It had a buzz, but, you know, and I knew the Mad Max franchise. I wasn't a diehard fan, but a lot of people were like, you know, this looks pretty good. And then I had rumblings on Twitter of people being like, holy shit, you need to go see this movie. And so I did. And I saw it in IMAX and it was one of my favorite theater experiences I've ever had, just because there were so many parts that were just literally jaw dropping moments and seen it in IMAX at Boeing uh, was like, holy shit, right? The Pacific Science Center, that screen is incredible. And I was blown away. I couldn't believe what I saw. And it truly defined action films for me. I think it's easily in my top five action movies of all time. Uh, it is just not on my summer blockbuster. And this is the reason why. Now, according to AllisonMichelleMorris.com, the reputable <laughs> website, AllisonMichelleMorris.com. I go to uh, the every day. <laughs> I, I do, it's, it's a site that I Googled for summer blockbusters. I keep it. Oh, okay. She she does describe a, a summer blockbuster pretty, pretty accurately. So this is how I uh, categorize it. Basically, a, a summer blockbuster is a highly anticipated big budget film released in May, June, July, or August. So yes, Tom, it does fall under that. I felt May was a little too early to classify it as a summer blockbuster. However, Marvel did a lot of like, they start their summer blockbusters in May. So yeah, it's tomato tomato. I just didn't feel good putting it on my list for true summer blockbusters. Also, I think that there are bigger budget ones, but Fury Road was one of the best theater experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I have still not seen it. What? What are you talking about, Eric? <laughs> All right, let's uh, leave the mothers out of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, let's leave so, the mothers out of this. <laughs> so I, I actually also have it on my list. I, I don't know if this is the point where we interject. If yeah, we have at this point, yeah. List, if you have yeah, it on yeah, your, yeah. if you if you <laughs> yeah. have it on your list too, jump on in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's on my list. So I, um, uh, yeah, I. I fucking love this movie. Um, uh, when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was just a super high quality video game for some reason. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm stupid. Um, you know, listeners of the top five, you got to know I'm, I'm an idiot. Uh, you fit right um, in already, bud. Oh, yeah. thanks man. Um, but yeah, I, uh, once I was corrected, I was like, okay, I'm on board with this movie. Um, I went to go see it. It was awesome. Um, I, uh, I was going to ask, uh, have you guys, um, with the exception of, uh, of Eric, have you seen the Chrome version by chance? 
Uh, yes, it's yeah. uh, just all black and white. It looks really cool, yeah. and it does add a different level to it. Um, mm-hmm. When when I saw the new Dune Dune the second part uh, trailer, I they show a lot of uh, the fight scenes in black and white, and it felt very much like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I loved the like the Chrome version after seeing the the regular version in theaters and um you know at home a couple times you know you have to bask in the glory of all the the colors like you know when they shoot up like the the exploding you know powder fireworks or whatever it is um you know there's just so much to offer in terms of color um <clears throat> but seeing it in black and white is pretty incredible um and and pretty breathtaking so. Um, yeah, like I said, definitely on my list of top five, top five blockbusters. And it's, I mean, it is, I, I, I'm just so happy that it turned out to be something so unexpected and just such a fantastic movie. Um, uh, it's, it's a spectacle. I mean, I'm, I'm such a sucker for practical effects. So to see these, these amazing cars that are actual legit drivable cars Mm -hmm. that, you know, no two are the same that they created. They Frankenstein monster, these cars into a ridiculous, you know, dystopian style, uh, visual. It, it's just so cool and love the hell out of the movie. And it's such a simple plot. The plot is yeah. <laughs> a, a gal needs to take a bunch of gals to a certain point accompanied by a guy. They stop, they turn around and go back. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and some shit happens. Yeah. And that's the movie. <laughs> it really is. Yep. And it's such a simple plot, but that's but that's the best thing is sometimes simple things are, are the greatest. And so I I don't disagree with you guys on that decision. Now, if you were if that movie came out in April, I think we'd have to have a conversation about that. But May sure. under MichelleMorris.com or whatever, under her <laughs> her guidelines, it does say that is a summer blockbuster. Uh, which, by yeah. the way, it had a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy oh, shit. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It also has what one of they, the best lines ever where he goes, mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when uh, me, me and uh, my buddy Ted, who used to be a, uh, he was a long running um, co-host of the Geek Garage. And we would, um, once we, we kind of bonded over that movie when we first started hanging out and we would just, anytime we would see something that was like, not great. We'd just be like mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Funny I, story, yeah. right? <laughs> A Morton oh, Joe, very funny story, perfect. I, I like it. A, a Morton Joe is a very disgusting villain. God, so gross, he's creepy, and I love the crap out of him. So it's yeah. it's really cool. But yeah, okay, Eric, yeah. what's what's your first choice? Yeah, well, my first one is a movie I've talked about quite a bit. So I'm glad you talked about the Need for Speed because I'm going with Top Gun from 1986. <laughs> Top Gun oh, yeah. 1986. Yeah, exactly. So it's been you know it's maybe it's militaristic propaganda at the height of the cold war maybe definitely for sure is whatever that's fine it's fun it's block military propaganda makes for really good blockbusters of the summer especially then so uh it was the highest grossing film in 1986 uh it was actually a budget of 15 million apparently that Hmm. seems low for a movie like very low yeah it earned 357 million in its first theatrical run and it's just amazing uh, so it's got Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Val Kilmer, Anthony Edwards, and just a whole bunch of other folks. Um, it's an iconic movie. It's one of my very favorite movies. It was when I was a kid. I would I talked about it on a previous episode. 
I'd get up first thing in the morning in the summer. I'd make like some tea and I'd sit there and drink the tea and I'd watch Top Gun. And it's just, I, I love Top Gun. I love Top Gun so much. Especially the uh, volleyball scene. Especially the volleyball. I don't know what it is. And there's just something about it. It uh, certainly makes me wet. Yeah. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I, I, I love his, his take on that. What on do you Top say? Gun? Yeah, have you guys seen it? Where it's no. it's, it's a man no, fighting haven't. against his own homosexuality. Oh, <laughs> like that's the whole plot. And of the Val Kilmer and Iceman is like, come the gateway, go to gateway, and it's like Kelly McGill is just like, no, no, stay straight, and like, and at the end is like, you know, he, he he goes, he's full gay, and he's like, at the end, he's like, you can ride my tail anytime. Yeah. Bullshit, you can ride mine. Yeah, you can be <laughs> so my wing fun. man. That's well, I, I said this. I was on David's podcast once, and um, we had a discussion, and. It, it basically, uh, my hot take for Top Gun was it's it's one of the strongest LGBTQ movies that are out there. Like it's all about homosexual bromance and stuff. And because Maverick the entire time is fighting to be something that he's not like he wants to be the best and and he, he might be the best, but he's so conflicted and like he loves Goose. Right. I'd say more than just a, a friend. Um, and it takes his passing for him to kind of like get to that, that realization of who he really is. And I mean, you know, you got the playing with the boys uh, volleyball scene, which is obviously very apparent, uh, a lot of unnecessary sweating in like the, the locker rooms. And I'm like, man, they're wearing really tiny towels for, for this. It's just, is this <laughs> they're is like washcloths? Yeah. Is like... this what the Navy's like? Just guys wearing really tiny washcloths, like in the, in the locker room. But, yes. That's um, exactly but what it like, is. It's, it, but it's also a great movie, and and I think that you know the entire time, like you're saying, Kelly McGinnis was was like saying, or McGillis was saying, like stay straight, right? He's trying to to overcompensate and prove that he's like I'm not gay, I'm not gay, and then it ultimately is like, all right, man, I'll embrace it, I'll be your wingman. So. Well, ultimately, I think that those themes kind of came back at Tom Cruise quite a bit because he had to yes. fight off that those really, frankly, kind of homophobic rumors for a long time because yes. they put that stuff on him that it was not fair. Yeah. Uh, and it was not reasonable and it was not coming from a place of like trying to acceptance or whatever. It was coming from a place of like homophobia and being jerks. Oh, yeah. So he didn't deserve that. But I like uh, Family still... Guy, though, when they're like, you can't catch me, gay thoughts. <laughs> <He's running. laughs> they're like, why does, why, why does Tom, Tom Cruise run in all his movies? Thoughts. And it's like, you can't catch me, gay thoughts. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing at that, but it's funny. It's, it's yes. Family Guy. It was just Family yes. Guy. He's like, wow, that cameraman's arms are really muscly. And then he's like, oh, and he starts running. <laughs> and I loved uh, Top Gun Maverick because it was such it was such a throwback to those 80s summer blockbuster style. Mm-hmm. It fit thematically and aesthetically with that blockbuster. It didn't try to be Casablanca. It didn't try to be, you know, uh, Citizen Kane. It was Top Gun. And that's what it was. Then I love that. So I can Top Gun Maverick was Top Gun Maverick was like the the 2020s version of Mad Max Fury Road, in my opinion. I went in going like, this is going to be cheesy as hell. I'm going to see it. But then I was like, oh, my God, I fucking love this movie so much. And mm-hmm. I was blown away. It was it was like nail biting, breathtaking. It was freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, a great flick. So it's hard to match the original, but I I went into it knowing like okay, remakes that are long term, long time sequels after the original. We talked about that earlier today. Um, that that's always challenging, but they freaking nailed it, man. I think they really nailed it. So 
Yeah. Top Gun is my number one. Zach, what is your number one? Top Gun is Eric's movie. Okay, so for my first one, uh, I, I already said Mad Max Fury Road is probably in the top five of my all-time favorite action movies. This is probably my number one action movie of all time. Oh, God, should I make that statement? I think so. This is my number one action movie of all time. I grew up with this movie. I had the toys. I uh, am just a diehard Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. Terminator 2 came out on July 3rd, 1991. 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. It should be a perfect 10 out of 10, in my opinion. And it made $520.8 million. Anything that James Cameron touches turns to gold. I recently just watched the new Avatar Way of the Water, and I freaking love the hell out of it. I was very like reluctant to watch it, but I was like, holy crap, that was awesome. Uh, James Cameron can do no wrong, and Terminator 2 is the perfect example of a movie that stands the test of time. So we're talking about a movie, right, that came out over 30 years ago, and it still looks fantastic in 4K. Um, You can, and and, uh, you know, with 4K, sometimes it exposes a lot of um, mistakes and and, and, uh, practical or CGI that doesn't really hold up. You can see the flaws in it. With Terminator 2... Aside from maybe a couple moments, everything looks so good. The T-1000 CGI is is incredible. Um, the practical effects and the stunts that they use, like they fly a helicopter under a bridge and no one's like ever been able to do that. And he got an actual helicopter pilot who would do it. It's just, it's, it's stupid how awesome it is. Um, but I mean, I can watch that movie on repeat. I shit you not. And the trailer, I've talked about this before. If you ever have a chance to see the Terminator 2 trailer, just watch it. It is so ambiguous, um, but you do know Arnold's coming back, but you have no idea in what facet. And the beauty of Terminator 2 is with T1, right? We see that movie and we know Arnold's a bad guy. Terminator 2, you're like, okay, well, I have this this cop, this T1000, and then I have the T100, that's Arnold. And, oh, crap, they're both going after John Connor. They're both bad guys. And it culminates in that hallway scene where they're in the mall. You first, John first sees the Terminator and he's like, oh, shit. And you don't understand what's going to happen. John's going to get sandwiched between these two Terminators in a sexy killing sandwich. But it doesn't happen. (laughs) T-100 is like, get down. And he starts fighting. And you're like, holy shit, he's a good guy. Um, It's just, dude, it's ball to the wall action. But it's so well done. And, and. Like Linda Hamilton's amazing in it, and I fucking love the shit out of T2. So Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, I really quick want to want to say I'm sorry for that little <laughs> grunt. I heard sandwich, and for some reason I went, mm. <laughs> 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 and, 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 it made, and it made me feel like, oh, God, murder sandwich. Why did I have that reaction to that? That sounded so tasty. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let everyone else talk, though, first, because I'm going to kind of glob onto this at the end (laughs) so you guys go (laughs) thoughts on terminator 2 judgment day i mean my favorite of the terminators yeah uh agreed same for me um i i actually uh saw t2 before terminator 1 and uh it, it very uh there was a big year uh, separation between seeing them. Um, like I saw T2 when I was maybe eight and then I didn't see the first one until I was like 23, 24, maybe. Um, and going into it, I, like I knew nothing about it. So when uh, that was the first time I ever 
knew about Arnold as the character in the movie being a bad guy. I was like, what the shit is this? Like he was the good <laughs> yeah. guy in the second one. Um, so yeah, that was a, you know, a, a fun, neat little surprise there. But yeah, uh, I got to imagine that, you know, just with the, the combination of, uh, practical effects that they use and just James Cameron's ability to utilize CG that upgrading it to 4k would be a, a pretty, um, relatively seamless experience. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely need to check that out. Did they, do you know if they did a 4k, um, Blu-ray release as well or yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, streaming? I'm pretty sure they did the, the release. Uh, I think I own it. I own, I might own the Blu-ray. I definitely own the streaming copy. And that's why I'm like, I don't know if I just bought it like on HD movie codes or if I <laughs> flat out bought uh, T2 right. on 4k, like for black Friday or something like that. Um, but it is worth every penny and it is so goddamn cool. And yeah, love it. Mm. It's, it's my, it's one of my favorite action movies of all time. My favorite yeah. action movie of all time. Agreed. Well, I think okay. that wraps us in a round two now. I think, Tom, that you ready to well, start yeah. off with your number two? And, and I'm just going to glom onto that because I was going between Terminator 2 and Total Recall, oh, which is the movie, that, movie. that I went with because I like Total Recall even more than Terminator 2, which is awesome. But I think that Total Recall is just better because, hey, People die way better in Total Recall. Like, there's blood everywhere. I like Paul Verhoeven and just exploding people, essentially. Even if they're getting shot with regular bullets, their body is just <laughs> exploding into pieces. It doesn't matter. It's crazy. And you can take the ending multiple ways where it's like, was he in a dream? It Does he have an aneurysm? Did he just save Mars? What is going on in this movie? Because they don't tell you at the end. They're just like, eh, Blue skies on Mars. What, yeah, what do you guys think? It was all like part of the dream <clears throat> sequence that he was supposed to have. And it's like, shit, what? It, does he have an aneurysm right now? Is he just a vegetable? Is he? I don't Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. And Ver Verhoeven is, is, is amazing. I mean, like he puts social commentary behind his film and the guy grew up during, you know, the times of Nazi reign uh, from he was in Holland, I believe. And so he saw those tears and that's why you see it uh, played out in movies like Starship Troopers and Robocop. And he is he definitely plays with the idea of how we love violence as as Americans. And that's why Total Recall, you know, the, the, the famous scene of the human meat shield on the escalator where Arnold picks up that guy who gets shot like over a hundred times and he throws him to add insult to injury. But like the squibs you use are not realistic. Like they're just these bullet holes that are, you know, uh, eviscerating people. And Total Recall is my favorite Arnold movie, but it's not my favorite action movie because I consider it more sci-fi. Um, even though it's very bloody, I consider it more mm -hmm. sci-fi because of those ideas you're talking about, but it's amazing. I love Total Recall. The sequel, or not the sequel, <laughs> the remake. Awful. Yeah, it's not very good. Yeah. And that is all I will talk about it. <laughs> How much did it make, did you say? Uh, no, I didn't. It oh. made uh, $261 million and had an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. See, people like it. People liked it. They were like, yeah, let's see some people get obliterated. This is going to be fun, guys. <laughs> um, Speak, speaking yeah. of watching people get obliterated. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> Armageddon. 
Oh. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep. Because I miss you. I miss you, baby. I miss you, Jimmy. Transported back to middle school dances with that song. (laughs) Hands on the hip, leave room for Jesus. But uh, yeah. (laughs) We are idiots. We are assholes, all four of us. Anyway, yes. (laughs) Armageddon from 1998. Uh, It was the second movie that year that had a big asteroid coming towards Earth that's going to kill us all. Oh, yeah, that's right. Deep Deep Impact (laughs) was the other one, yeah. But uh, both of them interesting movies, but uh, Armageddon, for whatever reason, I think stands out even more. So it was uh, directed by Michael Bay who's famous for his huge uh, special effects and explosions and all that stuff. And this was the movie for it. Um, Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck, Will Patton, Keith David, Michael Clark, uh, Duncan, RIP, Peter Stormare, uh, Steve Buscemi, just an awesome cast. Awesome cast. Um, The budget was 150 million. It actually grossed 553 million. So, and that's in 1998 money, which today would be, you know, a trillion dollars, a, ch- a quadrillion dollars. So um, it's a it's a cool story that is <laughs> the premise is really dumb because you could more easily train astronauts to be deep sea <laughs> yeah. drillers <laughs> yeah. than you could teach deep sea drillers to be astronauts. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's it's very, very dumb, but also very, very cool. It's the uh, every man rises up to save the world it's who doesn't like that so uh armageddon was a cool movie i can't tell you how many times i've seen it jeez i, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times i've seen it anything anything space oriented or uh world coming to an end oriented i'm i'm there man i love armageddon i unabashedly love it too michael bay regardless of what you might think of him the man is a genius and he's actually a legit good filmmaker because he knows what to do he knows how to make popcorn flicks the rock is awesome the rock is such a good movie armageddon's badass transformers for what they are like the first two i like Mm -hmm. um, and then they kind of dive off of it but he knows he knows what people want and he does it and he makes it bad boys bad boys too dude miss me you know it's 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 incredible so yeah armageddon dude that's a such a good movie and as soon as you say it i I have moments in my head that i you know tell gracie i love her and then you're like oh god no (laughs) (laughs) it's so good rock rock out on top of the nuke yeah (laughs) get off the nuclear (laughs) warhead the, I didn't see that movie, huh? <laughs> the commentary. So the uh, when you know director's commentary, Ben Affleck is in it, and he famously like rags on that. He's like, "Why did they train drillers to go into space when they could have just trained astronauts to drill?" And I guess the, the commentary is supposed to be pretty funny. You can find it on YouTube. But um, he was he was dogging it. He's like, "This is kind of." He's like, "This doesn't make any sense." <laughs> is actually really super fucking hard. <laughs> It is really super fucking hard. So is being an being astronaut. Being an astronaut is the hardest fucking job ever. Yeah. It's like, you can't Famously just send Famously the hardest guys. job yeah. ever. Yeah. You can't just send these guys hey, to space. You just strap yeah, them into the seat and then send them to the sky. It's no, easy. It's, it's, as long uh, as you have the right pilot, you're good. This <laughs> seems like a... a- this seems like a good uh, Mythbusters episode uh, to figure out <laughs> what would be easier to train astronauts how to drill or to train drillers how to astronaut. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel wanna... like I, I feel like it would be. Oh shit! I don't. I don't know. I. It's. <laughs> I don't want. Both are probably our very heroes impactful. in the oil industry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay? These are the backbones of our economy right here. These these, these heroes, all right? We're oil men from Texas. And, and yet <laughs> ast- astronauts are out there wasting trillions of dollars to exactly. go up into yeah. space. Ooh. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying, as difficult as that job is, and it is incredibly difficult, astronaut is famously harder. Yes, I agree with that. But you're right. I, I think, yeah, maybe some people need to see the Mythbusters episode in order to see for themselves. Yeah, because I, I think you're just getting your info from Big Astronaut. Like the 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 company big that space. makes astronauts, yeah, big yeah, space. It's, it's the, it's big the NASA space. people telling me the world is round all right. and all that. Yeah. Bunch of jerks. <laughs> Wait, you believe that? <laughs> no, no. So, <laughs> I saw something. It was, I think it was a Facebook group. Like it was a flat Earth society. It was just like, no, no, no. We don't think the Earth is flat. We think it should be, and we need to level <laughs> every mountain. <laughs> <laughs> They, and we need they've to donate totally... our money and our time to make this earth as flat as possible. <laughs> wow. I that, can get behind that. That's something, that's something special. Uh, yeah, we're, we're an odd breed. Maybe we should root for the asteroid. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> we need a good old-fashioned plague is what we need. We, we did that already. It's yeah. Time another, we another we checked that off of our uh, <laughs> lifetime bingo card. Yeah. Exactly. We sure did. All right, so what about, yeah, Asteroid we haven't got to yet, but Plague we did, so uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. Great Depression, Wars, Plague, now we're ready for the Asteroid. So I think we're moving on to Zach's number two. David is is next. Sure, why not? David, what's your number two? Yeah. Uh, All right, so um, every once in a while in a, uh, sorry, start over. Every once in a blue moon, a film will rise up and give us one of the best presidential speeches about defending our planet from an alien invasion. In 1996, we got one of those movies and it had so much more than just an amazing presidential speech. It had Will Smith punching an alien. It had Jeff Goldblum as an alcoholic genius and Randy Quaid as an alcoholic crop duster. And they were all qualified to take down some green men. Uh, with a budget of $75 million and box office results of $817 million, I am naturally talking about Independence Day, one of my favorite action movies of all time for all its faults and issues and problems, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I st- it's one of my favorite uh, sci-fi comedy alien movies of all time. Um, I'm an Independence Day apologist. Um, yeah. I, I mean... I totally, totally empathize and yeah, I, I understand all the, the shit talking that it gets. Um, and friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I love this movie. It's so silly. And it came at like, I think what happened is it just came at that right time in my life. Um, I know Zach and I have discussed this a, a little bit, but, um, my big like uh, like sci-fi mystery um, scary spooky thing that thrilled me the most as a kid was Aliens, and yeah. this movie came out at that period of my uh, my my childhood and adolescence where I just I yeah. was obsessed with Aliens, and so space, when this movie space came and out, Aliens are cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and July third, nineteen ninety six is when this came out. Right. Yeah. And at the time, like Independence Day. (laughs) Yeah. Like I wasn't really at the time I wasn't really into like alien or aliens or, you know, any of like the, you know, let's take it up a notch in the hardcore realm uh, kind of uh, alien movies. 
Uh, so this yeah. was like right in my uh, my little niche there. So well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm glad somebody brought it up, man, because uh, we, mm-hmm. we've talked about it before and you talk about the, the dumb, you know, like I, I mentioned this on a previous episode, the idea you couldn't take a programmer from 1996 and bring them forward in time to 2023 and have them write a code that would do a fucking thing to any of the like malware, you know, blockers we have now. So the idea mm-hmm. that he's going to write a code that's going to become, uh, you know, a virus for an alien ship and bring it down is utterly laughable. But in 1996, that's a good storytelling device because the audience didn't necessarily <laughs> yeah. know how ridiculous yeah. that was. Exactly. Now it's absurd. Like, Everybody <laughs> knows it's absurd. Right. Yeah. I mean, now like you could swing a stick and hit like five people that know Python and they could tell you, yeah, that's bullshit. Um, but <laughs> back in 96, you know, only the Uber nerds knew computer programming. And so they were the only ones left to like, you know, yeah. like point at it and be like, nope, that, that wouldn't work. And, you know, and we yeah. still tell them to shut the fuck up. And so. the time, shut up, nerd. Now <laughs> shut we're up, just, nerd. We're each other. Yeah, that wouldn't work. But goddamn, that's fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. unless you're Neil deGrasse Tyson, in which case, you know, you just can't help yourself. <laughs> oh my you got to point out he, all. He loves to ruin movies for people. Bless God that bless man. Him. Bless him. <laughs> yeah, so Independence I, Day. It, Independence Day is also on my list. That's why I'm going to. Yeah. Really quick. Uh, because it, when I think of summer blockbuster, I think of Independence Day. It's it's I mean, it literally came out in the summer, it came out a day before Fourth of July. I remember mm. this is, again, before really the, the Internet was a big thing. And I just remember hearing people by word of mouth talking about standing ovations in movie theaters when when Bill Pullman gives that we're going to live on. We're going to survive. <laughs> Today is our Independence Day. And I saw it with my grandpa and my brother. And my brother and I would like look at each other and no one stood. So we just started like clapping amongst each other. <laughs> and it was awesome. I mean, dude, where else are you going to find a movie that you punch somebody and you go, welcome to Earth. When I was playing when I was playing the video game Doom, uh, the, the remake that came out a few years back, uh, every like alien because you could like beat people down. I go, welcome to Earth. And I might have been <laughs> drunk, but like it was it was super fun. Right. And then anytime, you know, Randy Quaid quotes, he's, he's kind of a weirdo, but. Uh, yeah, hello boys, I'm back. Just <laughs> that shit is so funny to me, and I love yeah. that movie. And it's and I won't even apologize how much I love it. It's so good, and it just it really upped the game for certain practical effects too. Uh, Rennie Harlan mm-hmm. was was awesome with it, and just really blew things to hell. So I loved the hell out of that movie. So Independence Day is also on my list. Yeah, yeah. it was gonna yeah, be on my list. Practical effects. So good. Sorry, go ahead. It was going to be on my list, but I just trusted that so many we were going to be talking about it. So it was like it was there. I was going to throw it in at the end if nobody was going to talk. If we were going to somehow let this podcast go by without talking about Independence <laughs> Day, but so it, yeah. it was there. So Tom's it on your list or no? It's not on my list, but it, okay. I love it. Even though, yes, very clearly, lots of plot holes, lots of them. Sure. Just cheese. Like, eh. <laughs> it doesn't matter because yeah. uh, America yeah. wins. That's all you need to know. America so you wins. You, so you really think you can fly one of these things? Yeah. Do you do all that bullshit you just said? The answer <laughs> to both of those questions, by the way, is no. No. Yeah. <laughs> no they A can't resounding. He's like no. Next time without the without the oops. Enough of the fat lady. I'm tired of the fat lady. Enough of the fat lady. Go go go. Go go. Yes. Go. That was that was. Uh, uh, love uh, for 
for it. No, uh, not but love for it. Yeah, I love that movie. God Jeff damn, Goldblum, I want to watch it right now. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum was allowed to be Jeff Goldblum, and Will Smith was allowed to be Will Smith, and those two together yeah. is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of mad that we with those two together. Yeah, I'm kind of mad that we yeah. haven't gotten another movie with those two. Like, n- not that I know of. Like, uh, unless I, I miss so. something. But yeah, yeah, we need no. something else with them. Like. Uh, yeah, I'd watch the ever loving shit out of it. I can't, you know. Yeah. So the sequel to Independence Day, it sucks that they. Well, I guess Will Smith was busy or whatever, and it sucks that they couldn't bring him back. But yeah, it also really sucks that they couldn't bring the the two young actors back to reprise their roles. Uh, we talked about that before. There's some bullshit going on there. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's uh. See, that's round two here. So I think Tom, what's your third? Well, in David's uh, explanation about Independence Day, he brought up my next one, which is Aliens. Mm-hmm. Because they were like, you know what? We just made the best horror movie out there. What should we do next? We should make them the best action movie. Let's just make <laughs> yep. it crazy. Let's get some space marines in there. We got not just one alien. We got all the aliens. We got a queen alien. She's gigantic. There's going to be like a robot fight at the end. It's going to be super awesome. And I'm all for it. I, I actually, I like all of the alien movies. That includes alien resurrection. It's, it's good for what it is. It's a little weird, uh, but I watch it and I have watched it more than once because I'm that type of person. Um, But it came out July 18th in 1986 with a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and made $131 million, which doesn't sound like a lot to me. It should have made way more. I mean, it it probably was not very accurate in the sense of, you know, the box uh, office mapping back then. But yeah, that's true. Uh, But yeah, again, it's it's James Cameron doing james cameron stuff just making amazing things it's all he does is just make amazing thing after amazing thing has james cameron made a bad movie no um not really i mean it's, it's all subjective obviously but like he, i mean you know, yeah he made titanic so he could fund his deep uh deep sea exploration <laughs> stuff like it's not <laughs> you know just like, i really want to go end. to the bottom Ooh. of the sea you know what i'll yeah. make the it's biggest just... movie ever and then yeah. it's like ah, i'm kind of bored i'm gonna make the next biggest movie ever in avatar it's like god yeah, damn it james the, cameron the, the, the news today what there's a there's a submarine lost down there by titanic right now down by the Titanic? Lost? Yes, right now. Yes, uh, it was. Uh, wow. They do. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but they do uh, uh, sightseeing or tourists uh, like really for it's like two hundred fifty thousand dollars the ticket Damn. to get into the submarine, and uh, they don't have to right now. They lost the submarine, so there's a wow. huge search out there right now to go My get God. them. They're, they're down there right now. So mm. don't you feel like a brick? James Cameron's lick, <laughs> licking his chops right now. He's like Titanic two electric boogaloo. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> every, every sequel should be electric boogaloo, no matter what it is. Terminator two electric boogaloo. <laughs> I, Tom, I think Beetlejuice two electric boogaloo. That actually kind of works. The, the important thing about aliens uh, with an S is it's cool because, you know, they took a film that was a space horror film and turned it, into an action film. They used the same basic premise with like Ripley and the alien, but they made it a complete, they pivoted to, to action and it is balls to the wall. It's still scary, but it's like absurd and it's awesome. And, you know, get away from her, you bitch. Like so many great moments, man. 
Um, I love Aliens. I think that's a fantastic movie. And they, I think there is a director's <clears throat> cut of it, too. And I believe I own it. Okay. Well, I think that'll slip into my number three. We're going to get away from Aliens. Far away from Aliens. Far away. This movie released June 12th, 1981. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I'm obviously making an allusion to that horrible Kingdom of the Christmas Crystal Skull. Kingdom of the Christmas Skull. Might as well have been. I missed that one. Might as well have been. So, yeah, back in the 80s, this was George Lucas and Steven Spielberg's little, you know, creative baby they made together so there's no flaws whatsoever except indy having no actual role in the outcome of the plot but whatever big bang theory reference there for you um yeah indiana jones is uh, it's one of one there isn't a whole lot of archaeology adventure stories i think raiders of lost art i think indiana jones is pretty much the only one that's really history based uh we talked a lot of sci-fi we've talked a lot of uh, adventure world ending stuff but something like this this is it's one of one so Raiders of the Lost Ark man I love that movie and I love the ride at Disney th- at Disneyland so yeah one of Raiders my favorite of rides Ark. at Disneyland easily it's I've been on that one so many times and I love it every single time Indiana Jones is just such an iconic character and I've always wanted to be him for Halloween I love those movies they just take you to a different era and a, a, a different time and you you feel adventurous and fun and and they're lighthearted, but they're also heavy handed. And I love the shit out of it. I'm very, very sad in that dial of destiny is already getting destroyed by critics. Um, and I, I don't think it looks good. And I, I kingdom kingdom of the crystal skull was terrible. So I'm just like, can we just like wa- wash those away from Indiana Jones history? But unfortunately there they are. Well, I don't know what the new one's going to, I know. I, we don't try, really I'm know try, yet. I'm trying to keep an open mind, but even watching trailers like today when I saw The Flash, they showed a trailer for it. I'm like, oh, make it stop. It looks I so already, bad. I already said, like, if they have Indy fighting Nazis on the way to the moon, I'm going to be very upset. And He's I just fighting like, Nazis, and I don't know if it's a space race or not, but probably. It, it has to be. <laughs> yeah. That was the whole premise of the film that had to do with the space race. So yeah. if they're fighting Nazis on the way to the moon, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> uh, unless he goes, get <laughs> off my, get off Andy? my plane. And he throws him out. <laughs> or, that's South, South Park. Or, or says, that's not a moon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, God. oh, come on. <sighs> and then God. it's just a secret Nazi base. That's looks like the moon. Ah, I wrote this movie. <laughs> yeah. Great choice, Eric. I love Indiana Jones and Raiders. Thanks. is So goddamn good. It's so good. And it terrified me when the faces melt when they open the, that the arc and you're like, tough. oh, stop. <laughs> I hated it. That was tough. Okay. All right. David? So where are we at now? I think, David, you're number three. Uh, are we back to me already? Okay. Yeah. I believe um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess, uh, let's see, we'll do this one. Um. I don't have a, uh, a funny lead in for this one. Um, my third one is, uh, is it the lost world Jurassic park or Jurassic park? The lost world. I, I, I can't remember, but it's I Jurassic, think Jurassic park, park, the lost the world. world. <laughs> I don't know. No. Whichever. Uh, but yes, this, I, I think it's the lost world Jurassic park. Um, yes. but, yeah. um, yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I could have easily picked, 
the first Jurassic Park. That would have been sufficient. Um, oh, by the way, uh, the numbers, uh, the budget was 73 mil. Um, it grossed 618 mil uh, and came out on May 23rd of uh, 1997. Um, so... Uh, I actually have memories of going to see this in theaters. Um, it was probably one of the first movies that I ended up going to see, um, without parental guidance. Uh, like my dad bought me and my brother tickets and he dropped us off and he went to go do some shopping or some shit. And, uh, I just, I remember the theater being packed. Like, you know, this was back in the day when there was no reserve seating like there is today, which is a beautiful evolution of the movie theater going experience, by the way. Um, so we pull up and like the line is just like around the building, uh, to, to get inside, uh, for both like buying tickets and to just wait in line to get in. And, um, uh, just by surprise there was uh still tickets available for the showing we wanted um and i just i remember going and loving it and you know i was a hardcore dinosaur fan as a kid you know i, I loved the first one uh just the awe and wonder and how it's like five different genres in one movie it's you know both of them they're you know it's like action adventure it's sci-fi it's horror uh it's comedy it's you know it's like the princess bride but dinosaurs um <laughs> and uh yeah i just I, I don't know i have a uh you know a strong emotional connection to the jurassic park franchise especially the lost world so um yeah that's uh that's my number three i'm sticking to it I specifically remember because I was 10 when The Lost World came out. My birthday is in May, so it was a week after my birthday and we had my party uh, at McDonald's and my friends got me presents and we went and saw The Lost World. So I remember I had some Lost World themed gifts like a motorcycle or something like that. And it like extended out so you could catch that, catch the one that had the skull, that dinosaur that was like ramming into cars and stuff. Uh, oh, so yeah, yeah. I, I definitely had toys from it and I like the lost world. It was one that sometimes people give it shit and I'm, I'm like, eh, no, man, yeah. it was, it was cool. I liked the hell yeah, out of it. it. Yeah. It had a lot of great scenes. Like the, um, the one that always comes to mind is when they get attacked by the, uh, or they, they save the baby T-Rex and they give it back yeah. and they're like, like, please forgive us. Like we were just trying to help your baby. And they're like, no, like we're still going to push you and your giant fucking RV off the side of this cliff. Um, and I just, I remember scene. like, be, yeah, I remember being on the edge of my seat, just like, Oh, like literally like, just <gasps> like captivated. Um, such a great scene. So yeah, good times. Well, I'll piggyback off of yours because I'm actually going to gonna, gonna one-up you on that one and <laughs> go okay. back to June 11th, 1993. Uh, film that got 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb made $1.1 billion, and that is Jurassic Park. <laughs> so mm, yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Um, but for the sake of this, I will defend The Lost World as well because a summer blockbuster is a highly anticipated film, right? And... Jurassic Park is one of the reason why it's on my list is because I think it's one of the best films of all time and one of the highest grossing films of all time. And just it's a damn near perfect movie. I mean, I, I don't see any wrong with Jurassic Park. I love it. And so, like, when you hear they're going to make a sequel, you're like, I have to see that right away. You said the line was wrapped around the door, all that kind of stuff around the building, I should say. Um, mm. That is exactly what a summer blockbuster is. It's that high anticipation uh, with Jurassic Park. 
it's just it's my favorite in the franchise easily. And every time I watch it, it takes me back to that moment that I, you know, you see the first uh, Brachiosaurus or whatever it is. And when they when they first mm-hmm. roll up to the island, uh, you know, they spared no expense and all of that. And as I got older, I appreciated it more with Jeff Goldblum and his chaos theories and the idea of you're so preoccupied on, you know, if you could make it, you didn't stop to think of of if you should make it. So, yeah, it's like. Pretty, pretty awesome shit right there, man. I, I love Jurassic Park, so that's why it's on my list. Yeah. It was another one of those ones where I knew somebody had to talk about Jurassic Park. Yeah. So it was going to be there in case somebody didn't mention it. But <laughs> Jurassic Park is obviously one of my favorite movies as well. Just like you guys, we we just, it's, who didn't love dinosaurs growing up as a kid? So quick question. My favorite dinosaur as a kid was a Stegosaurus. Ooh. David, what was your favorite as a kid? What was your favorite dinosaur growing up, maybe? Uh, it was probably the T-Rex, uh, just because it was like all mean and scary looking. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I usually went oh. after the, the stuff that like gave me a good fright. Like, got it. Tom, uh, what about you? Yeah. Uh, Triceratops. Mm, got cool yeah, horns. Yep, absolutely. Zach? Triceratops. Triceratops. Yep. It's always horny. <laughs> Uh, and and billy billy was a triceratops i i liked the mammoth a lot but the mammoth wasn't a dinosaur because zach was the black power ranger and his name was zach and i was like mastodon but that's not it didn't work like that so i like triceratops yeah i um i've told you guys before but uh david i mentioned on the podcast before a couple years ago my wife and i went to see jurassic park at the seattle symphony this is the mm-hmm. Seattle Symphony was playing the score live with the movie playing in the background in right. their their uh, amphitheater. And mm-hmm. I forgot how terrifying that movie is. And you forget how yeah. terrifying that movie is until you have a live orchestra playing the score all around you. And then the T-Rex does his roar and it's like, holy hell, this is a mm-hmm. scary ass movie. <laughs> oh, they, yeah. Uh, they're it, doing. Oh, go ahead, David. Uh, so I was just going to say, yeah, it, um, the, they, that's what, one of the things that movie does so well, uh, and why it's aged so well is because, um, the, the tone and how it mm-hmm. builds up to that moment. Like it's, you know, it's all hunky dory and stuff and being like, you know, positive and be like, Oh, it's the Brachiosaurus. Like it's the perfect dinosaur to introduce. And then like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, like we are royally fucked. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's so many yeah. movies as to why we should not be cloning dinosaurs at all. So. Yes. All right. Thomas. So. Uh, so this one is my one curveball that you probably didn't see coming. It came out on June 23rd in 1989 with a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes and made $222 million. And it's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, I loved Honey, I Shrunk the Kid when i was a kid that was hard to say for some reason um they do a good job of making you feel like these kids are actually tiny you got the giant lego you got the giant ant which was kind of scary but he was also a nice ant and then the the scorpion comes and it's like attacking um i might be slightly biased to this because uh in october we're going to be going to a halloween party where there's already a theme set because they go crazy with their halloween parties and it's Mad Scientist meets Alice in Wonderland, where you can go as one, both, 
or yeah, whatever you want to do. And I'm going to go as Wayne Zielinski. I've already decided <laughs> that I'm going to start working on my costume now and getting everything together. I'm going to get a helmet with the magnifying glass and the lights on top. And just, I got to get a, a Caltech sweater printed up because I, I mean, you gotta, I mean, I tried to find the actual <laughs> one that he wears. I like searched online and I found that it was sold for like $500 about four years ago to someone. I was like, ah, oh, if I only knew back then that I'd be going to a Halloween party, I would have paid $500 for something I'm going to wear one night. I already have a $250 pirate coat that's sitting mm. in a, a closet somewhere around here that I wore once for one of their Halloween parties. I will put out money to be authentic. <laughs> that's what I appreciate about you, Tom. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Great movie. I miss R- Rick Moranis. I wish he kept acting if his you know wife didn't die and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that was fantastic. Sad. Yeah, fantastic actor. Fantastic movie. Great addition. I don't have a whole lot to add to that other than I really love that movie as a kid. What do you guys think? I can't eat Cheerios again because of that movie because I'm always scared <laughs> there's going to be little children in it. <laughs> that did kind of screw me up for a minute. Yeah, that that's actually why I eat Cheerios. <laughs> Jesus, Tom, between the between the sex, the, the killing sandwich and the children, oh. I might need to cancel you, bro. I mean, okay. if kids are in my cereal. They're going to get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. This is good. This is going to go a lot of places, but anywhere good. So I think I'm going to move on to my number four. Uh, I'm going to go with the Avengers released May 4th, 2012. It's probably yeah. the earliest you can release a summer blockbuster and still qualifies as a summer blockbuster. Um, it's not the official launch of the MCU. That was Iron Man, but it's the first major union of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is where it actually first comes together for the first time. The closest thing we ever had to a movie like this was the X-Men back in the 90s. But mm. but even that, I mean, not really, because there's nothing like this where you had individual superheroes who all had their own franchise and then like, Dude, 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 did you see the after credit scene? The, what? After credit scene. The scenes after the credits? Like, what are you talking about right now? That's crazy talk. No, no, it's like Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury. Wait, who the hell's Nick Fury? <laughs> dude, 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 Avengers. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and then it, start, you know, it starts to click. It's like, holy shit, this is, this is ambitious as all hell. This is, uh, if they pull this off, it's extraordinary. And, and they did. Um, they set the bar incredibly high for Avengers. They had hype for years for that movie and they met and exceeded, exceeded the hype for that movie. That is a special thing that when that actually happened. So it was a hell of a movie. I mean, they were all good, but I really feel like the first one was special. It, I think it launched the MCU for what we understand it to be. And every summer between 2012 and 2019, there was a massively important, huge fuck Marvel superhero movie that we just needed to see. Uh, moviegoers had never had something like that before. And it's so to me, the Avengers is the blockbuster of blockbusters. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, it was definitely an event and I remember seeing it and I just was blown away that they were able to pull this off. Um, obviously, you know, fast forward then to Endgame. Um, and uh, Infinity War, and you're just like, I can't believe they pulled this off. But to get all of them together to culminate after the Avengers Initiative stuff with the post credit scenes, like, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. That first Avengers in 2012 was was pretty incredible, pretty remarkable. 
to see those A-list actors all charging together, mm-hmm. you know, in Endgame, like, when have you ever seen a cast like that? Mm-hmm. It takes something building over a decade to get something like that. So. Yeah, I I had this on my list as well. Um, Avengers Good. 2012. Um, I, uh, you know, it's not just another comic book adaptation. It's so much more than that. Uh, right. And... Um, you know, it, uh, it, it just, it set the bar for not just Marvel, but like all like comic book adaptations, ensemble films The like, I mean, the one thing it does have that the later Avengers movies, uh, you know, uh, kind of struggle with is the balancing act with all the characters, you know, with Avengers, uh, in 2012, you just had, um, it, there was five, right? You know, the Hulk, uh, Captain America, Iron Man, um, uh, Natasha, and like Clint. Yeah, Thor. Hawkeye. Yeah, I, I think I think that's it. There's uh, five. and Thor. Thor, Hulk. Yeah. yeah, there's five. So I guess six. Um, but Is yeah, right? like, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, and yeah, like, and, and also the accessibility of it, like. You know, it, it would have been good if you could have seen Iron Man and the Hulk and um, and Thor like leading up to this, but it wasn't exclusive. Like, you know, you, you could go in and still get plenty out of seeing it. Like, you know, you could have grown up with the characters or just knew who they were and you'd still be able to enjoy it. And I think that's one thing that Marvel has continued to do. Like, obviously, you know, we're like 500 movies deep into the MCU by this point. So yeah, like seeing certain movies in order to understand, you know, like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is uh, is going to be vital. But for this movie, like I think what really uh, one of the things that really had going for it was ex- its accessibility. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why it made my list. So. It's a, I mean, it's a great movie and just seeing them team up that scene that iconic scene where it the camera uh, you know pans around them all mm-hmm. as they're in a circle and you're just like oh my god avengers you know we didn't get <laughs> avengers assemble until endgame but it still was so damn good and yeah i love the shit out of it yep it was most excellent all most right well excellent. what's your number four there zach Okay, well, uh, you know, this movie terrified the shit out of you. Uh, For any type of beach vacation, you are not going to go back in the water because of this. Uh, It it is the original, the OG summer blockbuster. It's the film that coined that phrase. Uh, July 3rd, I'm sorry, June 22nd, 1975. It made $476.5 million, 8.1 out of 10. Famously, the Peter Benchley novel is what started it, but it is Jaws. Uh, we all, as soon as I say that name, we all think of the dun 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 Like, just such a terrifying movie that I, no joke, first time I saw it was on the Disney Channel. Um, they would play <laughs> movies in the summertime at like 7 o'clock at night, and Jaws was on it. And I was like, this is the Disney Channel? And it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, it's just such a brilliant film. I mean, you know, we all have a lot of Spielberg on this list, I think, or at least two of us do, three of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
this is like quintessential Spielberg right here. This is this is what put him on the map. He was like 25 or something like that when he directed it. And it's so brilliant. It still holds up. It's a perfect uh, Independence Day movie. Uh, perfect, you know, Fourth of July, I mean. And it scared the crap out of so many people for going into the water. I mean, literally, it terrified children from going into mm-hmm. the water. So I love Jaws. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you have to herald a movie in such high regard when their villain, they built the villain and it fucking breaks on the first day yeah. of shooting. <laughs> Brucey boy breaks on the first friggin' day and they somehow managed to film it to where it's even more terrifying because you can't see the whole shark. You just see it trying to get at you. And you're, you just automatically crap your pants. Uh, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what happens. Um, and yeah, um, Jaws is just so friggin' classic. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I feel I'm like I need to go. I need to go back and watch it because I haven't seen it probably in like 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a good one. It's just not a movie I, I rewatch, but I I got tonight. I can rewatch it. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up that it's the blockbuster that, that really coined the phrase blockbuster there prior really to 1975. Was. Yeah, prior to 1975, there was I mean, they had big movies, but it wasn't really it wasn't anything like Jaws. It was the first of these. And so and every mm-hmm. summer since then, you've got, well, all these movies we're talking about and a bunch of others. So yeah. I'm glad somebody brought up Jaws. Yeah. Yeah, I almost added it to my list, but I wasn't sure if uh, there was like a unspoken criteria that these had to be movies that were within our age. Like, like we had to be no. old enough to go no. see it. Um, so, no. um, yeah, that's me missing the assignments. So that's yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> it's all right. You get a pass. Your list is still good. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Speaking of good lists, Tom, why don't you give us your number five? Uh, I believe you meant best lists. Ooh, oh, <laughs> That's okay. all I give you. Um, so my last one, I dropped a movie off about two hours before we started recording today. Um, I'm wondering if it's going to be Zach's last one. We'll see what happens when we get to Zach. But I added on a much, much better movie. One of the greatest movies ever. It came out June 27th, 1997. 92% of Rotten Tomatoes made $245 million. And we took the face off of one person. And we put it on (laughs) to another person. Because it's the best, best idea ever for a movie is, hey, what if we just like switch their faces? Ah, that's uh, good. Face Off is one of my favorite movies ever. I love Face Off and Con Air. Uh, Nicolas Cage is the best actor that ever existed, but also the worst actor that ever existed. He somehow does both these things well. Um, Face Off is just, it's a great movie where you got a FBI, is he FBI? I can't remember if he's FBI, but like he catches this guy and that guy's unconscious. And now the idea is we're going to get you into the gang so that you can find this bomb to defuse. We're going to take Nicolas Cage's face and put it on you. And I guess get rid of some of your love handles and stuff like that. Cause your bodies don't look any like you aren't even close to looking the same body wise, but Hey, that doesn't matter. Um, it also doesn't matter that we're, he's going to like wake up and then he's going to put your face on. 
Like, oh my god. And then he has sex with with John Travolta's wife. You would think she would be like, you know what? That's, that's a different penis. Husband. Like, <laughs> that's what I always thought was like, like, did they switch that too? Because I feel like there'd be at least a little difference when you're looking and you're going like, ah, this is different, guys. Um, yeah, then, but then they'd have to change the movie to Penis movie. Off. Penis Off. Oh, <laughs> much better title. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is a stupid premise that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I love every second of it. Every so second. Dumb. Tom, it yeah, is this- not on my list, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, the movie I took off, I think, is on oh, your list. So yeah, we're going to see about that. Yeah, okay. I, I, I can guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, David, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just going to say that it, it's not on my list. Uh, it didn't even make it close to being on my list because I don't think I've seen it since my parents rented it back in 97, 98 and watched it with them. Um I uh, I just remember John Travolta being like, "What a predicament!" And fuck, I'm Caster Troy. I could eat a peach all day. Like, I'm gonna is take so his face, face off. Oh. That's like that's the name of the movie. That's the <laughs> name of the movie. They said it. Roll credits. Roll credits. Oh man, yeah. Tom, that movie's terrible. <laughs> no, it has a 92 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which means nothing. Oh. You, I, you you made a bunch I, of fake accounts and. <laughs> I was shocked when I looked it up because I know it's not a 92%. I'm aware of that. And I was just like, wait, what? Is that the critics meter or the tomato? That is critics. That's insane. Critics said thumbs up to this movie. Oh, boy. Critics are dumb. No, they aren't. It is amazing. (laughs) All right. Okay. We're going on my fifth and final, and I just have so many that I want to talk about. But uh, uh, I really want to talk about The Dark Knight from 2008 baby the dark knight uh and the reason i'm bringing up the dark knight is because first of all r.i.p Heath ledger i've talked a little bit about it in the past where it's just like i did not expect that movie sequels are so hard to stick the landing they're so hard to get right uh batman begins was a good movie i really enjoyed batman begins it was uh, nolan's take on batman was interesting and different totally riff different from burton's batmans in the 90s so um because that Batman got kind of a little cartoony there towards the end. So Nolan's take was a fresh gritty take on Batman and Batman begins was a great flick and I loved every second of it. So when they had, they teased the Joker for coming for the next one, I, we were geeked out and then they announced it was Heath Ledger. And I'm like, the 10 things I hate about you kid. Like (laughs) really? Are you kidding me? Oh God. Okay. And boy, I was dumb because he was awesome. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast where his rendition of the Joker is maybe the best ever, one of the best ever. Anyway, it's up there. And from the start of that movie, showing hinting at the Joker all the way through to the end. Such a great film. Uh, It was a huge hype as a summer blockbuster. I forgot to look up what day it actually came out. It was huge, 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 huge hype. Uh, and it lived up to the billing, and that's very hard to do. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's one of my all-time favorite movies now is uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah, it was so, uh, July 18th, 2008. Exactly, Thank because you. it is also on my list. Uh, one, It Same made disease. over a 
over a billion dollars. We all have it. There we go. Except for Tom. Yeah. Well, I well see. I knew Tom. I knew as soon as you were like Zach will have this. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So when I like literally, I when I say my top three movies of all time because I can't do my top ten because the you know four through ten always fluctuate. But one is the Lord of the Rings franchise. Two is Almost Famous, and three is The Dark Knight. And I. I love the Dark Knight. I mean, I saw it with you guys and just I remember when it was done, Tom and I were like, oh, my God, I, I, I can't believe we just saw it. Like, I don't want it to be over. And uh, I, I went to Yarton's house and I watched the the trailer for um, before it came out, like when it was the first teaser trailer. And I'm just like, yeah. holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And just as a diehard Batman fan, I was, I was blown away. I, I, I didn't think it had that much business being that good. And to me, it's a perfect movie. Just in my opinion, it's, it's a perfect film. Um, it has a nine out of ten on IMDb, which is absurd. But uh, yeah, it's uh, July eighteenth, two thousand eight. Like David was saying, the movie is amazing. David, take the take the mic. <laughs> yeah, um, I I'm a huge Batman fan. You know, uh, Zach. Of course, you've been on the Geek Garage several times, and we've uh, and even on um, uh, the Don't Be Crazy, we've uh, discussed. Uh, you know, Batman in general and the dark Knight, and, you know, Heath Ledger as the Joker and, uh, the Batman, um, by Matt Reeves that came out, uh, last year, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, just, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's one of our favorites of all time for good reason. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, Batman has such a, a rich history and Nolan's take on it. Like the fact that I, I don't think Nolan had much of a, uh, a history with doing comic book adaptations uh, up until this point. Um, I, I don't think he had done any. So I think that was one of the reasons why he had such a fresh take on it. And plus he, he he's really good at making those dark gritty uh, movies anyways, uh, where, you know, you establish tone through certain colors and, um, you know, setting the mood and, and just like he does that so well. And that's such an important thing to capture in a Batman adaptation. Um, and I think he just nailed it. Um, and making the Joker like, you know, he's like a crime Lord, but he's also just super fucking scary. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's gotcha like every turn and he's like one upping all these like notorious Batman, um, like, uh, like crime bosses. Like he just comes in out of nowhere and he starts like, you know, bossing all the bosses around, you know, he sticks a fucking pencil in one guy's eye. Like it's just, it's insanity from, from like that moment. You're just like, what have I just stepped into? Like it's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just, I remember seeing the movie and I was like, this is like nothing I've ever witnessed before. Um, and, uh, yeah, over, you know, over the years, you know, there's, there's some, there's some holes where I'm like, eh, like I can, you know, that's a little problematic, but like I, I overlook all of it because it's just overall in general, it's such an amazing movie. Um, so, mm-hmm. and also like tangentially related, uh, um, the dark Knight rises. Like, I don't think that one gets enough credit. Uh, yeah. either like it's it's so damn good um and it's such a, a great uh end cap to that trilogy so like all three movies are great but yeah dark knight is probably the strongest out of the three so i agree mm. totally agreed i oh, also man. agree <laughs> man <laughs> i i wanted to i didn't want to agree on so many of these but it's like 
I mean, it, we, we, we talked about this in the prep leading up to this. Like, man, there's just like 50, 60, 100 of these things to choose from. So there's mm-hmm. going to be bleed over and there's going to be so many that we left off. So like, man, I want mm-hmm. to talk about Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah. I want to talk about Gladiator. I want to talk about Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Lion King, Sixth Sense. So many that we didn't get to. That's, you know, that's the thing about these blockbusters, man. So I'm glad we had four of us today. Glad you could join us today, David, that we could talk about Sure. As many as we could, so it, it helps scatter it out a little bit more. So, um, mm-hmm. let me just go ahead and go down our list here. We have Tom had Mad Max Fury Road, Total Recall, Aliens, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Face Off, inexplicably. Eric, me, I had Top Gun, Armageddon, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Avengers, and The Dark Knight. David had Mad Max Fury Road, Independence Day, the Lost World, Jurassic Park, The Avengers, and The Dark Knight. And Zach had Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Independence Day, Jurassic Park, Jaws, and The Dark Knight as well. So thank you all for tuning in to the Top 5 Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PodcastTop5, at ZachDale60, at TomTop5, and at me, SnackBurgle, at SnackBurgler. David, do you have a social media that you can, people can follow you at? Uh, yeah, um, so let's see. I, I guess uh, it'd be the uh, Geek Garage podcast on Instagram. Um, there's also Geek Garage gear. Uh, it's kind of like my uh, my crafting thing where I I make stuff and things, uh, mostly tumblers. Um, <laughs> All right. On Facebook and Twitter. So yeah, nice. All right, so be, be sure you go visit David those places and tell him and us. Give us crazy ideas. Tell us if we are indeed crazy. And even suggest a topic for a future episode. Uh, If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Thank you, and remember, it's okay to be wrong, even though you think you're right. To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of the women. That's coming. I know. That's also the top five podcast. Yeah. David, thank you for being on the show. Uh, Thanks, David. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, everybody. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.